Well, amen, amen. Good morning, church. Thanks so much for being here today on this beautiful weekend as we celebrate 4th of July. And for those of you who are joining us online, welcome. I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this church, and uh, I, I felt like I needed to introduce, reintroduce myself a few times for a few of you this past uh, this, since this morning as I was away for the last two weeks uh, on vacation celebrating uh, 26 years of uh, honeymoon with my wife and my kids. You know, we all had together. Amen. Thank you. And so I get a little antsy, you know, when I, you know, I want to say, first of all, thank you to Pastor Rob, uh, who preached on, uh, on Father's Day. I want to thank uh, Pastor Gill, who preached last week. I want to thank the praise band, the leaders, the staff, the volunteers who come together. That allows me to just be away and not have to worry about the church, because I know it's in great hands. And so thank you for all your prayers, all your support. Uh, I also want to say, you know, that today, if you've been here since uh, 2017, I start my fifth year as your senior pastor here. That's awesome. That is awesome, you know. Sometimes when it gets so busy, we forget these anniversaries type of thing. But man, I remember it was July 1st and July 2nd of 2017 when I was introduced as your senior pastor after Pastor Dave Lewis, the founding pastor, uh, retired. So what, a, what a, a journey it has been and what a blessing it has been to lead you. So today we start, we continue with our sermon series that is titled Hope, uh, Living you know, Fearlessly in a Scary World. Now, Pastor Gill started it last week, and today's theme is dealing with uh, you know, how we can have hope in the midst of a storm. So let me just pause. You know, I know that Pastor Gill just prayed, but I'll just pause for a word of prayer. Loving and most gracious God, we're so thankful that you allow us to be here. As we center our hearts and we center our minds and to hear of your word today, uh, that you can utilize me and the words that come out, Lord, that uh, people will be able to receive it because we know that people are struggling at times. Uh, we do the celebrations, but man, uh, uh, we also hear about the struggles that people go through. And uh, uh, we just pray that God, that you speak to us today. Uh, we ask this in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, several years ago, I say several, back in 1991, uh, goes into a few weeks where, uh, actually a few months, maybe a few years ago, I think it was, that there was a movie that came out that dealt with a, a storm. And if you remember this, you know, there was a movie that uh, talked about this fishing uh, a boat where six uh, uh, fishermen were in there and it just happened to be that they were uh, located in an area that there were uh, three storms, three fronts uh, all combined together uh, and towards the end they, they lost uh, a track of this fishing boat and you've probably seen this movie, it's called uh, The Perfect Storm and how these three fronts just came together and just really devastated and, and there was uh, a damage to the boat and a of course, that all lives were lost, that they weren't able to find it. And if I was trying, I was trying to read into, uh, did they ever find anything? And they said that they found something, a piece of the, uh, of the, of the boat where they were able to register how, how high, how tall these waves were. And it was like a, a, one of them um, was mentioning that was over 30 feet uh, 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 tall, these waves. That's uh, three stories. Can you imagine, you know, look, look, thinking about a house, the three stories of how high they were. The boat broke apart and sank in the loss of every uh, sailor on board. As I mentioned, the title of that movie is called The Perfect Storm. If you haven't seen it, I, you know, I encourage you to see it. But, uh, but here's the part is that everyone, as soon as they were thinking about that, that word, the, the, the perfect storm, they started using it, that, that phrase, to describe all kinds of public and, and private traumas. 
The phrase may be new, but the concept is not. Everyone at some point in their lives will be hit by storms, and some will feel like it's several storms combining together to form that perfect storm. And when it does, it will generate a lot of fear. I found it interesting that I was, I was preparing for this week's message that even this, uh, this past week, the different storms that were coming by, and I don't know about you, but yesterday, man, there was one I was watching, you know, I was doing my, my uh, school work, and, and all of a sudden, this loud bang, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like a lightning strike something, it just, it, it sounded like a huge explosion, and then all of a sudden, the rains came down. And so I was like, Lord, it says, you know, as I prepare for the message, you know, you don't have to give us examples of it. Of <laughs> <laughs> dealing with storms. I mean, we were like, oh, the, 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 just the sound of it. As I mentioned, Pastor Gill told us last week and, and preached about the hope in the midst of serious illness. And, and illness is inevitable uh, in a broken world. But so are storms. And so is fear. Jesus' disciples experienced their own version of the perfect storm in their lives. I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible to the book of the Gospel book of Matthew, excuse me, Mark, chapter 4, where I'll be reading verses um, 35 through 41, but I'm going to break it up a little bit here. uh, Mark 4, beginning on verse 35. As Jesus came... Excuse me, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although, it says here, other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm, can you say storm real loud? Storm. A storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping in, at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Now, let me, let, I know the Bible says here, I, I, I'm pretty sure, hey, hey, teacher, I know that you're sleeping, but no, I mean, the Bible is saying that they were shouting. Can you imagine if you were on that boat, put yourself on that boat with the disciples and you see these high winds and high waves are happening and you see that Jesus is in the back sleeping? Jesus, Jesus, why, how could you be sleeping in the midst of a storm? Trying to surely wake him up. What began as a simple trip from one side of the lake to the other suddenly became a disaster this may have been a new experience to some of those disciples especially those that were not fishermen prior to following Jesus their lives had not been easy but they followed a teacher they clearly loved and respected he was very popular and drew big crowds the Bible is saying that when they got into the boat other boats followed They heard him teach profound truths and saw him perform miraculous signs and healings. They believed that he was special, but apparently not uh, so special that they didn't panic or fear for their lives. They felt that they were about to die and that he was sound asleep. 
you know, when we think about just, a, I shared about the storms this past week. You have children, or maybe you dealt with this in yourself, and you know, you have children, you're probably laying in bed, and especially overnight, and the storm's just coming. You, you, you hear the footsteps coming to you. And I'm there, I already know. Can we sleep with you? And this is at 18 years old, by the way. No, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. <laughs> uh, later on today, hey, puppy. Why are you talking to me like that, man? Like that. <laughs> no, when they're kids, you know, they're little kids, and you hear them, you know, even if it's one, I had three, and you can hear them, all three of them. If, if you hear one, the other ones will follow, and they just get in bed, and I think it's the security that they feel when mom and dad are, are, are there, and they're able to just get in the same bed, and they can sleep and, and, and feel that comfort that everything's gonna be okay because mom and dad are, are not freaking out either. You know, there was a story about a trapeze uh, artist. This is an Argentine uh, a preacher, Juan Carlos Ortiz. He tells a story of his conversation with a trapeze artist where Pastor Juan uh, was talking about the safety net. Think about a tra uh, trapeze artist. And the performer explained that it was there not just to save him if he fell, but just knowing that it was there prevented him from being too fearful to perform. In fact, it says knowing that it was there gave him the confidence to try extraordinary feats. Pastor Juan concluded that for Christians, Jesus is our safety net. His presence gives us confidence to overcome fears. We dare or we dream because we know that the eternal arms of God will hold us if we fall. You see, the disciples did not yet know Jesus well enough to have that kind of confidence. Their little faith resulted in their great fear. And like the disciples, our level of fear is a measure of our level of faith. I want to continue on with that passage, beginning on verse uh, 19, continue on with verse 19. It says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Well, brothers and sisters, after Jesus had rebuked the storm, he asked his disciples a couple of simple questions. The Bible says here, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? He made them see, uh, see that their fear grew out of their lack of faith. Fear is the absence of faith. The disciples had a powerful learning experience, but they still had much to learn. And similar to us, we can probably have started a new uh, relationship with Jesus in our lives, but we have so much more to learn. 
And God gives us each and every day the opportunity to get closer to him, to get to know him more. So that way when you come together like the two commandments, the greatest commandments that Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And the second is just as important as to love thy neighbor. It's important for us to get to know more of Jesus, more of God on a daily basis. The disciples had a powerful learning experience. And they said, but it didn't stop there. They all then, another terrifying thing came about when they asked the questions, who is this man? You know, they should have known by the book of Psalm well enough to see that the answer, the answer was, uh, to their question was right in front of them. Aren't we that, like that sometimes, you know? And Jesus, you know, where's this and where's that? You know, how can you, where, where are you here, where are you that? But the presence of Jesus can be there and the answer's already among us, but we're seeking other places for answers. The answer for that Psalm, the Psalm 107, verse 29 says this, he calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waters. You see, although Jesus did not create the storm, he used it to teach his disciples a lesson about who he was and who they could trust. Experience is a great teacher. Like the disciples, we, uh, until we face a perfect storm or any type of storm, we will be lulled into a sense that we, have ev- that we have everything under control. But also like them, the disciples, when it comes, we can panic and we can be gripped by fear when those storms come and we don't know what to do. We must learn Jesus' lesson to them and to us and combat fear with faith. Jesus is as close to us as he was with them. We don't have to wake him up. We just need to trust in his presence. When we do that, overcoming the storms of life become a means of strengthening and deepening our faith. So as our faith grows, our confidence grows to face the next storm. Be like, oh, Pastor Ricky, I've, I've, been, I've gone through a storm. I, I, I really don't want to go through another one. But you know what? Part of the experience that you were able to go overcome that storm uh, uh, gives you that faith to be ready and be prepared when the other storm comes. Because I wish that it was a moment that, oh, if you pass this test, that's it for the rest of your life. I wish it was like that. But no, it seems like a storm comes from at different times and sometimes at the same moment. But like the trapeze artist and the net, knowing it is there emboldens us. Had the disciples' faith been stronger, they could have not cared that Jesus was sleeping. They could have been almost, you know, knowing who they had on the boat with them. It's almost like they could probably tell the storm, you know, it's like, is that all you got? Jesus taught the disciples by experience, but it was a lesson from the Old Testament taught centuries before. I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible to Psalm 46. 
Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. It says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam and let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. How can they be that confident? The very first verse says, he is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of need. The disciples did ultimately learn Jesus' lesson and learned it well. When he ascended into heaven, Jesus ascended into heaven, they fearlessly spread the good news. When the same religious leaders who crucified Jesus ordered them to stop, they didn't flinch. You'll see in Acts chapter 4, verses 19 through 20, where but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They said we cannot stop. No more fear. No more confusion. No more doubt. Their faith in Jesus gave them the courage to face down his murderers. Scripture offers one final lesson that we can learn when confronting fear in the midst of the storm. The disciples knew their destination was just on the other side of the lake, but they feared that they they wouldn't even make it. As Christians, those who have given their lives to Christ, accepted Christ into their hearts, into their lives, and knowing God, we know that we're not perfect, but but we also have experienced these perfect storms, God, but we can go to you and seek you. Indeed, assurance of our destination puts all of our fears in perspective. Because we as Christians, we too know that our de- we too know our destination, but we don't have to need to have the fear of not making it. In John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let's see if I can get it here a moment. John 14. Verses 1 through 3. Why fear? It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you to prepare, that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Brothers and sisters, you may have already experienced storms in the past that have built your faith. Or maybe they have caused your faith to be struggling. Or you may be experiencing storms in your life right now receiving word that you or someone you love has been diagnosed with cancer or another illness or disease. Finding out that your husband or wife uh, was unfaithful. Finding out that you're losing your job. 
Maybe it's just one of them, or maybe it's just two or three where it creates that perfect storm. Or maybe it's losing a loved one. Just this past week, I had a, a funeral service for a man that was like the patriarch or the family was well-loved by many and died suddenly. And they said, we know that death is part of life, but man, his death could not have come in a worse time. This week, we're celebrating two birthdays. And then on Saturday, which was yesterday, our sister is getting married. So this is hard, Pastor Ricky, they were telling me. And we pray together to provide that hope. The hope that I extend to you today is that you do not have to go through the storm alone. Even when you feel, when you've given your life to Christ, even when you feel that Christ and God is not there, you probably say, are you sleeping, God? You don't have to let him, you don't have to even ask that question, but I don't think he'll chastise you if you do ask that question. For those of you who have given your life to Christ, need to remember to lean on Jesus and trust that he is in the boat of life with you. And before we go to communion, I figured, let me, you know what, as I was prepared for today's message, I thought about a song that will hopefully prepare you and, and help you out in addition to the message of today. The song is titled, Praise You in the Storm. Almost gone. I can, I can. 
carry on if I can't find you. And as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain, I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I'll raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth.